Welcome to the Shabby and Man podcast. We are partners, parents, podcasters, broadcasters and everything else in between. Now, today's episode is going to be a bit about history. We are going to appreciate the history of the city we live in, the place we live in, the our neighborhood, the little neighborhood we live in. And pray tell us why are we talking about this? Because uh last week I went to a rather historic event. Now we've mentioned this many times before our older son goes to a school which is 450 years old. They are celebrating this, this month. This month they're celebrating their 450th uh anniversary of being granted a royal charter in 1573. And there was a special book release because uh, is it also Westminster Abbey they're doing a little thing in Westminster Abbey this month? They are indeed. Because the founder of the school because the founder like Scooby Doo. Yeah, the founder of the school, the Duke of Leicester or the Earl of Leicester, I'm not quite sure. He is buried in Westminster Abbey by the way because he happens to be uh, uh among those distinguished people who are buried alongside monarchs and prime ministers and uh, the chosen few by the way. So he's one of them. He's the founder of the school. So anyway, I digress. I was at his school uh and there's a very special book launch because one of their former headmasters has written a book on the 450 year history of the school. So that's why you know we've been delving uh into history we've been thinking about where we live which is Barnet which is North London for those who don't know. And actually you keep reminding me that it is a very historic place to live in, right? You it can, is indeed. You can turn the volume down in your headphones if you find my voice too loud. What headphones? This is just a phone. Yeah. Okay. Tell us then. Pray tell us what is so impressive about Barnet's history. Well, no, not the market we go to it says established 1199. Yeah. That is old. I think it was called Barnet Fair. It was where they used to trade horses and cattle. But I'm I'm talking about the history of Barnet. I'm talking about the fact that you said, "Oh, I wish I had studied here. There's so much history." that got me thinking that you know the pub we go to yeah that was established in 1663 that's a long time ago you know and uh, that's what mm, is that charles the second which is quite ironic because now we've mm. got charles the third yeah so that's the reign of charles the second and that pub was famous it's still around and it's famous for dick turpin mm. the highwayman but that doesn't really count because every second pub says dick turpin stopped here Would you care to give us the name of the pub or are you deliberately trying to keep it a secret so that people oh. don't know where you eat and drink? No, it's called the Old Mitre or as you would say Mitra. Yeah, Old Mitre Inn. The Old Mitre Inn. Yeah. And it's just um on a high street. Yes. And it is pretty old. And um I tell you who used to sit there? Mm. Samuel Johnson. You know Samuel Johnson? Samuel Johnson. Okay, remind me what did he write? uh he wrote many things but he's probably most famous for writing the dictionary oh have okay. you seen blackadder where robbie coltrane plays samuel johnson yeah, yeah. now now i remember yeah 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 huh. so he used to sit there yeah hmm. and um it said dick turpin used to visit there but when you think of dick turpin i think of a place near my mom and dad's house hmm. above there called the spaniards inn hmm. which is where dick turpin they say was born hmm. and uh someone very oh yeah i remember now brown uh brown stroker hmm. who wrote dracula he used to drink there and i think he he was inspired and he wrote dracula there hmm. but um there's certain pubs that you and me know which are very historic which you love because you're a quite an english buff yes and you know i'm talking what i'm talking about in highgate hmm. not far from us yeah is the flask yeah which are, i remember you all say oh, wow because colridge keats shelley and who's the other Byron one? and Byron yeah 
Uh, and who wrote uh, a, um, oh, Coleridge wrote um, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariners. Yes. So they all used to sit there. Hmm. You used to do a, used to do a, a tour of um, Highgate and Hampstead, didn't you? I did. Actually, that's one way I found out about the rich history of Barnet. For those who don't know, it is in the north of London, like I said. And yeah, one of the Hampstead is, uh, High, uh, Highgate and Hampstead are not in Barnet. No, you're right. But North London, nonetheless, yeah. right? Uh, Barnet actually predates Hampstead and Highgate, I feel. Because even that day when they were launching the book at our son's school, the headmaster uh, did a beautiful Q&A and a oh, talk. Oh, yeah, it's one of the oldest uh, towns. He, yeah, he did say that the Great North Road, we live off the Great North Road, right? So the Great North Road was the one road that connected London to the rest of the country. And every single monarch from the dawn of time, uh, your first monarch was what? Had to write who, who, the confessor? It was confessor, but I think it was William the Conqueror. Oh yeah, William the Conqueror and all your earlier ones. Every single monarch who ruled this land uh, and had to make their way up and down the country would use the Great North Road, which is which we live off now. So it is quite a sobering thought, I think. So Barnet does predate. And of course, um, not far from us is St. Albans, yep. which was a Roman town. Verulium. Verulium. Yeah. Mandarium, so we like. are uh, surrounded by history and you're absolutely right you mentioned historic walks and I think that is one of the things I love about this country because it is possible to just meet up with like-minded history buffs on a Saturday or a Sunday at a given location where a guide takes you through the weaving streets and by lanes and alleyways of various neighborhoods and I know, tell things, you about the history. Things have changed now because if you sit in the flask now, yeah. more people are interested in the fact that George Michael lived across the, across the, the path. Yeah. I think Kate Moss, Jude Law. All of them. All those 80s pop stars live there. Boy George, Annie Nightingale. Yeah, um, Annie Lennox. Yeah, I think it was a DJ, by the way. And uh, even you know when we were, I was obsessed with Benedict Cumberbatch when he played Sherlock a good ten years ago. Now, uh, now he lives in America, of course, in Hollywood. But when he he's a Londoner, and when he did, uh, apparently he was seen at the Flask many many times. Uh, Colin Firth. So these very English Judy Dench didn't live far from the Flask either. So that is one of my favorite things to do actually in this city, which is go on a historical walk because they take you down these streets. And I think the best thing about London is, uh, by the way, completely digressing, but still keeping to the topic, which is history. Do you know why so many distinguished people happen to be from the north of London? Because it was probably a cheaper place than... No, Norfolk. quite the opposite. Where, where all the arts, art, poor art people used to stay. As they say in French, au contraire. On the contrary, uh, I remember when... It's I okay, you don't have to translate. I remember when I went on one of these walks, one of the guides told us... Pardon? That the, yeah, exactly. That the reason why North London became a hub for poets and artists and affluent people, mind you, quite the opposite from what you're saying, is because of the famous rather infamous London fog. Apparently, was it 200 years ago when it used to get so foggy, so cold and smoke from the chimneys in the city of London would get trapped in the fog and it was supposed to be very, very unhealthy for you. You couldn't see within a few inches. It was that dense. I'm very uh, confused. What do you mean 200 years ago? Didn't it not happen before 200 years? No, it did. But 200 years ago, people suddenly realized that if you, because North London is at a considerable it's on height, a hill. it's on a hill. In fact, on a clear day, 
day from the tube station which is nearest to us which is high barnet on a clear day you can see all the way down to the shard which is next to the thames by the way which is in the city of london which is all the way down so that's how high up we are so this almost served as a hill station just india mein kehte hain so people who could afford to buy houses in the outskirts which is north london as well in as well as having their mayfair mansions apparently all of them came up here and because of i don't know if i agree with you because What do you mean? Agree with you? I'm giving you a fact. I'm not saying this is what they should have done. This is what they did. Two hundred years ago, a town was. हाँ तो गांव में आते थे, गांव में आके रहते थे. And they said that because of Hampstead Heath, apparently the water that runs down through the heath is supposed to have some. Again, it's I don't know whether it's hearsay or whether it's been proven that it has some medicinal properties, and it was that's why people who had gout and this and that. just in the same way that many people were asked to go and live by right. the sea this got to brighten right? the yeah. market a lot of people moved up here because this is where they could escape the fog and the terrible uh, consequences of living in that smoky horrible dense polluted city uh, heart of the city so you're absolutely right it must have been cheapest chips but it's not the poor people it's actually the affluent lot those who could build afford to have two houses isn't that a lovely thing about um, the school the arcade school yeah. that you said that um it was it was harrow and this school that yeah. started it all so they had a fantastic debate somebody asked in the q and a session that uh, you know considering harrow boys also started more or less the same time uh, and how different the two trajectories have been the two the way the two schools have uh, evolved over the last 400 in this case 450 years what's the reason for that and he had a fantastic reason and he said that's because Harrow Boys was started by a very rich farmer who started it and he figured very early that there was a lot of money to be made by dispensing quality education to these affluent classes to their children so he said right i'm going to build this very exclusive school your boys are going to come and live in a boarding school they're going to be taught religious religion and latin and maths and everything that the gentry or rather even the Uh, not just the gentry the what do you call the them royalty, the, the royalty the, the nobility. nobility thank you very much even the nobility all that kind of you know french and you'd be taught all of that and it would come for a price so people were very taken by the idea and they sent their boys there this school our son's school apparently was always for the middling families as they are called and they say that middling families are those who were not exactly a part of the nobility but affluent enough not exactly poor and absolute the lowest strata but not far from them oh, so the middle class in the middle absolutely the middle class and he said that bear in mind another fact that this school our son school has always almost always even before the concept uh, uh was widely circulated amongst those who sent their kids to school it has always been a meritocracy as long as you know you could you sh- could show that obviously 400 years ago they didn't have an entrance exam but if you had the spark if you had the yearning to learn if you had the discipline to make your way to a classroom and the gong sounded every morning when there's mind you 400 years ago there's a village yeah there are farmers horse carts all around if you had that discipline to be able to bring yourself to class and to learn then you would be encouraged and you would be actually uh, given many many uh, facilities and you know another interesting thing he said 450 years ago maybe even up until 200 years ago our kids go to school for what 6 uh, hours what is a normal school day 7 hours something like that na no? uh, from 9 yeah. uh, so uh, to 4 9 to 3 9 to 3:30 yeah so that's and a 1 hour 1 and a half hours no but the entire school yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, those days children need to go to school for twice the duration so you were at school for nearly 
12 13 hours a day you know so very interesting it is absolutely fascinating how he i can't wait to read the book how he underlined the history of the school within the context of the history of england well, and the history of barnet well 1573 hmm. is like what Shakespeare had just Shakespeare was, a was man, an up and coming writer I don't think he had made it by then Elizabeth the first was uh, obviously the monarch Shakespeare was a was the up and coming writer it just to put it in the context of world history I come from India and in India that would have been the period of the Mughal Empire with Akbar uh, Babur Humayun Akbar the third it was the, the um, I remember the sequence Babur Humayun Akbar, Jahangir, Shah Jahan, Aurangzeb. See, until now I remember. So Akbar was the third Mughal emperor, and he would have been on the throne at the time. Um, again, impressively enough, though it has nothing to do with the history of England, uh, Akbar is considered out of the six main Mughal emperors. Akbar is considered the most educated, the most liberal, the one who sent his children to various corners of the world for them to imbibe. tenets of buddhism and this and that and come back and assimilate that into uh, uh, islam and he started dine ilahi again i'm talking completely from memory we didn't know we'd be going down this path otherwise i would have researched it he started dine ilahi which was the religion of the masses which apparently integrated tenets of hinduism and islam and 1573 is probably what 100 150 200 years before um, Christopher Columbus discovered America. Absolutely, America as we know it was 200 years away from discovery then. So this does send a shiver down your spine. And you know, at that day, at the, on the day of the book launch, they went into the school vault and brought out what was what is possibly their most precious thing, which is the actual seal of Elizabeth the uh, First, which was given to them 450 years ago. And uh, th- there's a there were pamphlets, and we could look into various archival material. And there's one place where it said. that every monarch uh, since the dawn of time uh, in this country has had a seal right which is what tells you that this is an official document with royal patronage queen elizabeth the 1st was on the throne for so long that she was the only one although our next our uh, elizabeth the 2nd kind of no i had a longer queen, reign right or did she not queen victoria had a, a longer reign okay but the longest is queen elizabeth but II. elizabeth apparently had it for so long that the the seal was destroyed and it had to be recast normally every monarch gets through the seal just you have to make it just once you know and you know what it is it is actually a physical thing which is then replicated and then it you get obviously little replicas of it which go on you know earlier just a chittiyon par letter pe wo you put a bit of wax and then put that all that is later but there's one original seal kind of thing so anybody who gets royal patron used to would be given a seal which is massively heavy and this is i want to think that you on the other side of the glass is something which was made 450 years ago is amazing so we are all history buffs and you know i i don't know about you i grew up in a house of history lovers my mother is famously um a fond of history she's written books on the red fort she she's always loved oh, it the red fort book is quite a bestseller it is uh, i th- i think it's probably now i'm not sure if that is the one or another one there's another history book that she's written which is also stipulated reading for school kids uh and i remember you know as a kid when we grew up in delhi we would be dragged to the red fort and qutub minar and purana qila and ugra sen ki bawali and humayun's tomb and then when we, my dad was posted in madhya pradesh we went to chittor and bhopal and mandu and all these forts you mom written a book on mandu on mandu as well yeah so but my, but i just feel that my mother probably took us there when we were far too young to, to appreciate we feel ye kahan pe aa gaye ye khandar mein aake kya dekh rahe hain hum you know 
but something must have rubbed off because i feel now that i appreciate a place that much more and especially i think what i love about this country with something india hasn't done for the longest time now they have been, become aware that this country has preserved their history so lovingly so beautifully you know in india when we were growing up most of the the monuments were in complete ruin now they have restored it preserved it now you have historical walks now you have people extolling the virtues of the qutub minar and i don't know if i agree with that the taj mahal and the taj mahal was the only one we were the only one thing that we ever kind of you know qutub minar lal qila ha tha no but there was a, what are you saying i'll show you photographs of when my dad has taken when we were kids you know you'd be gra- find graffiti and there was pan ka peak and there was horribly maintained maybe 20 years ago they kind of woke up to the fact that we are one of the oldest civilizations in the world with much to be proud of and that historical restoration i think preserving your past is one way of your future generations taking pride in their heritage in their roots right now um, i told you that that the flask the pub in highgate mm. was where funny you should keep coming keats, back to pubs keats byron there's a link i'm trying to do a dj link here oh okay where keats byron Shelley Shelley and um, Samuel Coolridge Samuel Coolridge That is one name you should know how to pronounce well I'll tell you in August why Carry on They were all known as one they known as the Romantics Yeah they were And did you not watch something on Netflix called The Romantics I did indeed Nothing to do with Byron Shelley and Keats though This is to do with the Byron Shelley and Keats of Bollywood uh, rather one man in particular who was known for his romantic films Yash Chopra and this is a uh, documentary a four part documentary on Netflix title The Romantics so i watched it while you were away and four parts 40 minutes each i don't know if it's my thing uh, yeah i, I, know, I, I know, like to watch that kind of stuff i know people have been raving about it ever since it started streaming 2 weeks ago i'm 2 weeks late to the party nonetheless i watched it because it has something to do with my profession as well and i have to say i do have one criticism i think a lot has been put in there just for the sake of it just for the Uh, makers to show how many people agreed to be a part of it which is ph- phenomenal every bollywood list that you can think of is yeah, there i'm not watching it because i don't like to watch things which are made with the official blessing of that's true the people but i'll no, tell right, you why films have made it haven't they but i'll tell you why it's a riveting watch only because yash chopra son adit chopra who's famously a recluse who's never done an interview probably in his life has actually done an extensive maybe one hour one and a half hour interview this is the first time so you know It, so I felt that four episodes could have been narrowed down whittled down to two they could have had one episode on the people who've been in Yash Chopra films talking about Yash Chopra that would have made sense and one exclusively on Adi and Uday Chopra and their mother Pam Chopra uh, but it was for that reason alone it was riveting for Aditya Chopra because you know if you're a recluse then everybody has a different image of this man and most people think of it think of him as extremely arrogant that oh he thinks that you know he is who he is he doesn't even care to acknowledge the press or doesn't give them the time of day so obviously you would assume that it's somebody who has a massive ego which he probably does but he comes across as the nicest guy and he is literally when they say bollywood is the blood that runs in his veins he is that man Uh, so I think you should watch episode On 3 and 4. Uh, this week to watch uh, his wife's movie. Uh I am as a protest I may or may not watch that because I don't like her Bangla Hindi. Uh but uh, but what yes. You mean you don't like a Bangla Hindi explain what this means? No because uh, we'll talk about that when the movie is out. So I'm talking about Mrs. Chatterjee versus Norway. Rani Mukherjee plays Mrs. Chatterjee and in the trailer she talks about she talks about she talks Bengali with a Hindi accent. Oh. And you want to see um 
ഹോസ്പിറ്റൽ but only if you've seen the film will the post you will look at the poster with even more interest and you'll understand the significance of the poster once you've seen well, the film it's a alan bennett play isn't it yeah, so it most is. people will probably know the story know the story but there is a twist in the end uh that was phenomenal i'll be talking to bally gill as well bally gill plays the only indian doctor in that yorkshire hospital dr valentine i'll be chit chatting with him so that'll be interesting and uh yeah so it's it's been it's been a very busy week so this has been a, like a history po- you know history podcasts are so popular yeah i know so we can pretend we did a history podcast yeah, as well i know so then uh, one day we can do a true, true crime one kyun ha huh, the considering the number of crime dramas you watch on tv and netflix and here and there i'm sure you are quite a specialist uh but uh, yeah so that's it on that note on that historic note Uh, we shall take your leave and see you again next week no the week after and how do people contact us so what do they we are on social on? media please find us shabby and man is uh, our handle on instagram twitter facebook etc etc man is the one who handles it and uh, shabby and man say bye bye we do till next time bye bye now